Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. I am so excited today. Um, I have an amazing person on today. His name's Kenny Akers. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I also I want to thank all of you again for all your support. You guys have been amazing. Thanks for believing in me. I mean, we we just hit the eighty thousand download. Uh, Mark and I just I, you know I pinch myself but it wouldn't be possible without all of you guys I want to thank our sponsor Veracity Networks thank you for believing me as well and for helping us get this uh, message out um, Kenny Akers I want to give a little background on Kenny um, he was born and raised here in Utah um, he loves to camp snowboard he's a very athletic he's a vegetarian um, he's also um, you know, he's a, he's a black American, but we were just talking off mic and you said, but I consider myself an American and I yes, really sir. love that. And we're, we'll talk about that. Um, you know, you, you were an honorable, uh, honorable combat veteran for 15 years, uh, a military police officer, an anti-terrorism instructor, firearms weapon instructor. This is pretty amazing stuff. <laughs> uh, you've traveled to 52 countries, obviously Hawaii, San Diego, Japan are some of your favorite places. Yes. You're a husband of 10 years, a father, and also a grandfather. I am. Wow. You, you look too young to be a grandfather. You know, there's, <laughs> uh, there's some benefits to, yeah. you know, to being a minority, and I think that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you definitely look way too young to be a grandfather. Oh, I appreciate but, that, sir. Um, Kenny, I can't thank you enough for being willing to come share your story. Um, you've been all over the news as of late because yes, uh, some, some kind of a, in my opinion, an act of greatness, I like to say it that way, Indeed. that you did here in Salt Lake during the, the protests slash riots that were going on. And I can't, I can't wait to hear more about that. But before we do that, I want people to kind of get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your upbringing, about your family. So much fun, right? <laughs> yeah. We all got a journey. Yeah. And here I am uh, expressing mine, which is a pleasure. And thank you for having me on your show. You're it's, welcome. Uh, it's an honor, and I dearly appreciate it. I've listened to a few of your uh, your podcasts in the past, and I really appreciate what you're doing, spreading love and you know, getting people informed you yeah. know, in their heart, which is yeah. a beautiful thing. So you're definitely doing your part as well. And, and thank you. For us to connect today is is you know definitely the right thing to do. So yeah, great. Yeah, so a little little bit about my past um born and raised here hill air force base so my father was an air force guy okay and uh you know he kind of did his thing there and decided to move out to kearns utah so you know i got to speak about that a little bit yes yeah everybody (laughs) from kearns is pretty boisterous about that yeah um well, people look at that. That was a rough area. And, oh, yeah. You know, how'd you handle that? And it you probably know, was a lot rougher than most areas. Well, you know, the perception of it is kind of it's kind of weird because, um, you know, my father took a lot of pride in that, you know, coming from the Air Force and, and buying a new home out there. You know, it was brand new. I mean, I right. my father and I, I've had very intimate moments with my father sitting across the street on the curb. Right. You know, and watching our house being built. So this was a brand new community, brand new okay. home. So. It, it wasn't by far at any means run down. I mean, it was like yeah. the, the, the spot to kind of move, you know, for the, you know, maybe the working class or mm. whatever the case And you probably be. didn't know any different either at the time, no. right? Sure. So you're thinking, this is great. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. We had a brand new home. Um, you know, I was blocks away from Western Hills Elementary School. And that was within walking distance. I try to tell my kids now I had to walk uphill both ways, which I actually did. <laughs> you know, I tell the story right. every time and they yeah. try to believe me. But right. yeah, so, you know, that was, that was 
good times for my father, you know, that was a pride, yeah. pride time, you know, and, um, you know, I went to an elementary school, speaking of Western Hills, I went to an elementary school that was predominantly white, of course. Right. Um, there was a lot of things that were going on in my youth, um, in regards to that type of exposure. I think when I speak of this, um, indifferences that we all have, when it comes to racism or, you know, segregation, I mean, you got to mm-hmm. think of my time going into elementary school, you know, I'm 47 years old. So, yeah. you know, 1975, I'm starting kindergarten, which is that the tail end of, you know, the civil rights movement. And, yeah. you know, if, if you're from Utah, you know, everybody kind of jokes around Utah is about 30 years behind everybody else. Right. You know, so that was an interesting time, but being such I can't say young man. I was a boy at the time. I didn't really know what was going on around me or, you know, and, and, and the excitedness of some of these things or things that were being said to me. But, um, you know, here I am in elementary school. Right. And, um, those experiences were far and few between, you know, the teasing, the, the bullying, you know, there's, there's been certain little incidences, you know, spit wad stuff and, right. you know, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But again, that, that didn't really phase me, you know, and, and, um, I didn't really let it bother me too much as a child because, you know, there was a little bit of fire in my pants too. And, you right. know, I would, I would get back after him, you know, if, yeah. and, and that's, that's always kind of been inside there. And I think that's part of being a boy. You know, and that kind of comes out, you know, and so, you know, I would find myself more in trouble than they would because, you know, I was always on the the defense. And um, usually the person that gets in trouble is the one that retaliates, mm, right? I tell you what, man, I I had my fair share of that. (laughs) Right. And, you know, I kind of got viewed as the the trouble kid, you know, and I was the disruption in class, you know, and, mm-hmm. and those type of things, you know, because of the behavior that would, would happen. And it, it wasn't just from the students. It was from the teachers, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of painting that picture, it did inhibit my education. Um, I, I was a tough reader in my in my later time. It just because yeah. it was more about, you know, going out to recess and showing some, you know, defense to incidences that were happening. You know, I was more focused on, okay, who am I going to get in a fight with that recess today? Right. You know, or, yeah. you know, or, or something in that nature. I wasn't really paying attention to, you know, two plus two, you know, and the, the, my mind kind of shifted to a defense mechanism rather than, you know, being open and educated. Yeah. You know, so, um, that kind of built a different type of character of me, um, at a very young age. And, um, yeah, so both parents in the home, very, uh, very prideful home. My my dad, you know, coming from down south, you know, he was a Bama boy. You oh, know, okay. So yeah. there was a lot of pride with that in our home. And, you know, back during the 70s, you know, my mother was that peaceful, you know, that hippie, you know, type <laughs> of history with right, her, you yeah. know, which was a beautiful thing. So sure. I definitely had two different types of spectrums growing up when I was a child. And you know, when I, when I timestamp the elementary school time and I try to bring my parents into it, it really paints a perspective that, you know, my dad did carry a sword if you would, you know, and, mm-hmm. but he was a, he was a six foot nine man. Oh, wow. He was almost about 300 pounds, you know, at, at his prime. He was a big dude, you know, he wasn't yeah. a hefty guy right. thinking six, nine at 300 pounds set on him really nice, you know? So yeah. he was a pretty persuasive That's, man, you I know? Can so, 
Yeah, probably commanded the room when he walked in. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so my father really didn't have to say much to get too many people's attention or right. respect, you know. Yeah. So it was something that just kind of naturally came about. And as a child, I observed that, you know, I observed that. And um, the beauty of my mother, you know, and the love and the compassion that she had and the way that she spoke about incidences Neither one of my parents ever came into any perspective and ever said, hey, you're going to be treated different because of the color of your skin. You know, mm. my parents didn't try to enable me in any sort of okay. way. And they didn't ever bring it to my attention. Interesting. I think yeah. I probably brought it more to their attention more than they, they had, you know. And um, I remember there was a lot of pride in my house. I remember um, there was an incident that I was going to school and it was in the winter and you know, the kids, of course, being kids. Right. And, and I remember I, I caught a snowball, you know, they were throwing snowballs and you know, I caught a snowball across my face and I think you might be able to see the scar. There's like a oh, flat yeah. street scar yeah. on my forehead. I see. And it, yeah. um, that's been with me for a long time. And I remember this incident where a kid threw a snowball and it had a rock in it. Mm. you know and um it was kind of funny not not the incident was funny but this is the funny part when i went home you know because i was bleeding straight down my face and yeah. it was all getting all my clothes and back then you know it was it was butterfly butterfly collars and you know yeah. bell bottoms you know like <laughs> yeah. corduroys and right. stuff like that yeah. you know so yeah um I remember going home and we used to sit down every night for dinner and I was a very important thing in my household. My father believed that we should all sit down. My sister and I and my mother and my father, we all sat down and we discussed matters in the home, which any, any home should, right? I mean, should, we, yeah, those should are be done, yeah. the values that, that bring um, unity and, and, and love and, and compassion, all that kind of stuff. You discuss things about your day and everything. And um, I remember coming home and you know I was so scared to mention these things because you know I, my father being the man that he was you know I didn't want him to know that I was in any type of trouble in school you know because I didn't want him to think it was disrupting my studies or yeah. I was being a nuisance in class because that was a picture that was being painted you know and I remember I would come I came home and I had my hand I tried to do as much cleaning up as I possibly could you know mm -hmm. and I put my hand over my head to cover that up and I was eating dinner at the same time <laughs> And, um, you know, of course, eventually my parents had noticed, you know, and they asked me to pull my yeah, hand what away. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the, the lessons that came from that still to this day, um, the reason why I bring that up is because, you know, a lot of parents will, they'll rush down and they'll enable their kids, you know, they'll talk to the administration and they'll say things to them and say, Hey, you know, what's happening to my child? You guys have an issue. And they'll, they'll turn against each other. You know, and they'll, they'll, and this isn't a color thing. This is just simply why is my child being tormented in school? You know, and right. they could have easily turned it, the parents against the administration and, 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 or the parents against this other parent. And, and now we're, we're combating, we're, we're bringing this, you know, this social problem of yeah. throwing a snowball, um, at a child and, and, and receiving some damage, you know, of course I was cut up a little bit, you know, I've got a lifetime scar to tell the memories and, <laughs> right. and that kind of stuff. But you know, that's the fun part for me, right? I get it. Yeah. I get to have that with me and, and we all have those incidences, but the thing I really appreciated most about my parents and, and growing up during those tough times, you know, post, you know, civil rights movement and dealing with racism and stuff like that. My parents never turned it into 
you know, racially driven or biased situation. Right. And, and, I, and I look back more now yeah. and I couldn't be more thankful for that because, you know, I never had my dad stand over me and say, son, these guys, these guys, right. pointing fingers, them, enemy, putting those type of words, you know, and you're going to struggle with those folks all the time. My dad would always tell me, you know, okay, well, snowball up upside the head, you know, like, <laughs> Right. How, how are we going to deal with this? You know, are you going to get quicker on your feet, man? You're like, what are you going to do? You going to you going to dodge right. it? You going to you know you <coughs> come to a situation that um Sorry. you're going to be a little <coughs> bit quicker on your feet. So I appreciated that of of my father, sure. you know, and and then teaching me the value to become stronger than the incident. It's important thing that I picked up from my father uh, in regards to these particular incidences, I don't really necessarily feel like they, they covered anything up or hid me from it. I think they just gave me the right tools to manage right. it. And, um, what, and what a gift and blessing that was. Sure. To, to not, like you, you mentioned the word enabling you. It's almost as if, hey, this, these things are gonna happen. Sure. And, and it, it depends on how, how are you going to handle it when it does. Sure. Right. I mean, you could, you could, you could take that dial and kind of flip it with every, any situation. You know, it's, I'm not speaking of this particular incident as it's lesser than, but let's say for instance, you know, a child finds out they're going to be, you know, in a wheelchair. Right. You know, do we, does the parents wake up one day and say, Hey, you know, you're just not going to be able to do the things that other kids are doing. And do you start coming at a, a negative notion in regards to those things, you know? And I, right. I would say no, you know, if I had a child in that situation, I would be the first parent to tell the child, Hey man, right. You got a rocket ship here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going? Yeah. I love that. Do you see what I'm saying? Totally. I mean, it's yeah. Society can be very harsh and we all know that. I mean, we're, we're adults and, and we, we, you and I, you know, before we mic'd up here, we, we talked about family and, and, yeah. and, and, and we get concerned about how we can prepare our family for this harsh world. And, and it's, there's not really any change to the harsh world. We're not going to change circumstances that are out there, you know, right. I mean, but we can prepare. Yeah. And, and the same thing I've done with my children and, and, and I'm not trying to sound like the best parent here, but I, I really think that's key and paramount if we look at it as an aspect of looking at a child in a wheelchair you know even us passing if we would if you or myself was to ever pass a child in 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 a, in a chair we wouldn't you know come across it we wouldn't think about anything to right. say to that child and right. i mean how ridiculous would that be you right. know to to, sure. to i mean that would be counterproductive of anything of of humanity to say hey child I don't think you could really come into this restaurant. Right. You know, the, the steps might be too high for you. Right. You, you know, and, and where would that place be in society? So, you know, as I'm painting this picture and, and merging these things together, you know, that's the difficult part of society right now when it comes to, you know, women's rights. Right. When it comes to, you know, maybe the masculinity of man. When it comes to minorities in society. You know, we're, 
we're not approaching the situations with the kindness and the empathy to understand that there might be some enabling facts to that particular situation. So therefore we're not nourishing it right in the, in the appropriate way. So yeah. we know what to do. Cause I mean, I could, we can bring up a scenario about a wheelchair and it, maybe it might be the best comparison and, and it may not be, but it kind of maybe grazes the surface. Right. So if we could approach things like that in life, then, you know, we all have a better understanding of each other. And I think there's the answer to equality, I think. Um, right. You know, going back to my father and my mother, I couldn't be more appreciative of that because it takes a very particular individual. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a child that is blessed with any circumstance, and I call it a blessing because... I love that. The blessing is, is a lesson for every single person that's around them. Right. And we can bring up any scenario, any, any health situation or, you know, a a wheelchair or, you know, ethnicity or, you know, we can bring up anything and, and, and that's a blessing in itself. Instead of looking at the child thinking they're not going to be able to do the same things, Imagine what this person is going to do because of yeah, this. Yeah. And we all learn from that. You right. know, I, I've learned from kids that were, and the reason why I say that is because I, you know, there was kids in my school that, that, that had wheelchairs and, you know, and, and we had ramps in our school, you know, and, right. <laughs> and I sit there and think when I would walk to class, I would see some of my, my friends going to class and they would be in their wheelchair and we're talking about high school and, you know, they could barely even budge, you know, they right. could barely even, <laughs> they had their books on their lap and they could barely push each other. So, I mean, what's the right thing, you know, coming yeah. up to them, Hey, do you mind if I give you a little extra push, you know, yeah. like, do me the favor. You're going to have to carry my books cause I can't push you at the same time. You know, I got, you know, <laughs> yeah, I got two hands. Me, right, you. right, right. Yeah. So it was kind of a win-win situation. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. You carry my books and you know, I'll put the muscle behind <laughs> this, you know? Yeah. And that's the reason why, <clears throat> excuse me, I relate to that, to, to that scenario because, um, I did dedicate my time to that. You know, we had special needs kids in our, in our school and, and I related to that and, and I dedicated time in high school to, to, mm-hmm. to help those kind of kids and, yeah, you know, awesome. and really understood, you know, a, a different side of it. And me. is that really what you learned from your parents? Like, Hey, this is the, this is the way you should conduct yourself. Wow. That's a good question. Or did it feel like more natural of just kind of your personality or? I think we're all trying to navigate it. Even even now into more of, I, I like to call it seasoned years of life. Yeah. We still navigate it because we still receive um, information and, and we're still challenged, yeah. you know, with things. I mean, just like what's happened recently in my life, I'm definitely challenged right now. You know, so I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've been prepared for this, but... I'm still navigating it. So I think having a good understanding of self helps one navigate. Yeah. Having a strong moral structure. Right. um, Based on the things that you've been taught and, and be willing to maybe step outside of those boundaries. You know, if, if somebody says, don't stick your hand out the window when we're driving down the freeway, you know, it's, you got to kind of challenge that sometimes, you know, be like, Hey, what does it feel like to have your hand out the window? You know, yeah. and the breeze going through your fingers, you know, you kind of have to step out of that a little bit within threshold right. and, and really test life a little bit, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, 
let's kind of jump ahead here a little sure. bit and Perfect. get to some things that have happened recently for I you. Love it. Yeah. And you know, I, I saw you on good things, Utah. Um, I don't know how long ago was that about a week ago. It's been about a week, about now, a week, yeah. not too long ago. And you did something that really inspired me when I watched what you did and I listened to your story and they featured you on Good Things Utah. And I just want to give a little background and then I want to sure. obviously hear your perspective. Please. But you stood in front of a 7-Eleven down in Salt Lake City um, and you were stopping looters from causing more damage to the business. And you know, you and you were saying some things you, and, and I, as I watched the clip, you were saying, you were basically, you know, speaking sternly and saying, protest all you want, but right. this is the wrong way to do it here. Do not destroy this business, basically. Right, right. Don't, don't, no, violence isn't the answer. Yeah. You know what? Protest all you want, but don't do it this way. Right. And boy, you, you, your message was really loud and clear. Right. Um, but let's talk about what made you want to go down there. Let's talk about that. And, and mm. you know, you're sitting there, you're probably seeing things on television. Sure. Talk about like what you, you know, what led up to that point sure. and what you, and why'd you do what you did? Yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> pretty, pretty interesting. <clears throat> I tried to answer that on, on, uh, good things, Utah. And, um, I couldn't come up with an answer. I, I try to feel that I'm a God loving man. And I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, there's an energy or of some sort, you know, there's a force that, that, that reckons our soul, you know, and, and, and pulls us. And mm -hmm. for some reason I sat at home pacing <laughs> when this stuff was going on. Yeah, you know, I, I was, I was in the comfort of my home at no threat. You know, I've spent my time in the military. I've got done a couple of pushes you know, I'm, I'm safe. I got all my fingers and my toes and, and everything that goes along with that. So there's right. no real reason to put myself in jeopardy at this point. I'm, I'm looking to live a long life. <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as I, at least I can. Right? Sure. So, um, I had a couple of friends messaging me and kind of tipping me up and, you know, there was something very strong in my soul that kept telling me to, to go down there and check things out. Um, my concern was that because of the trigger that had happened and what forced this to happen was a, a brutality ordeal. And, um, for some reason I just felt compelled that it could have, or might have happened or will happen to somebody else. Yeah. So maybe I had the thought in my mind to kind of protect that or to maybe, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't really have the intention to be a rebel and go down there and intervene with the law enforcement right. by any means, you know, because coming from a military police background, you know, I, I completely respect the authority and what they need to do with their jobs. But I just thought maybe, I, I just really didn't know. Yeah. You know. So I put on some work clothes, jumped in my pickup truck and, and boogied downtown. You know, and I went down there and the next thing I know, I found myself in the heart of this thing and, um, which zero intention, zero, you know, mm -hmm. I, I didn't have any intention to be this mob or this group of people to come towards me, nor did I, you know, understand what, how I was going to handle any situation. I just really didn't have a plan together. There was, right. there was zero plan. Um, 
now that I look back at it, um, I'm super thankful that I went down there because it seems like the corresponding things that's happened in my life has maybe prepared me for that exact moment. Yeah. Um, the military training and everything that goes along with that. And there's been a lot of questions that's come up and arise from that. You know, if I was able to stand in one position in front of this angry mob, you know, and I would be lying if I wouldn't admit to you that, you know, maybe I was scared out of my boots, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it is pretty intense to deal with yeah. a lot of angry people and upset. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I can't even imagine. Yeah. So, you know, I just try to be stronger than the situation. And I just wanted to talk it down as best as I could. And if if I could stand there as one man and make that change with no no plan intact Mm -hmm. if i could stand there with the desire of love and compassion for other people to stand there for what is right and i moved that situation i could only imagine what we could do is if we would come together on everything right you know and and i really dearly think after that i mean that's really what i'm trying to advocate i'm trying to get out there as much as I can, you know, the unity, you know, exactly what we stand for, the patriots of this country, we should be united. Yeah. We should be coming together. Well, you, I mean, you spoke very forcefully. Tell us about what, how did the crowd respond to you and what was anything said to you? Or, I mean, what, how did they, you know, respond to you saying, Hey guys, this is the wrong way to do it. Protest Mm. all you want, but don't do it this way. Mm. It was, that was an interesting moment, you know, because I, you know, from my military experience and, you know, trying to, you know, knock off a lot of the rust, if you would. Right. It's been a while since I've been in the service. <laughs> but right. to, to knock off that rust and, and remember the command presence and the things that go along with that, um, I kept my verbiage very short and precise. Yeah. And, you know, to get that message across to repeat it usually takes three times or four times for somebody to listen to you. You know, there came a moment when I told them to stop, you know, that there was a, a lead group, if you would, of, of this mass, you know, mm-hmm. looters, if you would, I, I don't know. Cause that's even a controversy what we're calling them today. Now, after, after the fact, you know, but yeah, if we want to call them looters or destroying the message or, you know, just kind of tainting what needed to really happen. And there was a, there was a group behind them and there was kind of a lead group in front of them. You know, they were carrying these bottles that they were about to light on fire. So, I mean, it was obvious that they were about to destroy this place. Looters were going to come in and then they were going to light it on fire. So, um, with me, it was just a matter of taking a stand, you know, just standing there saying, Hey, not on my watch. Right. I'm a patriot. I'm an American. I took an oath to defend this country against foreign and domestic issues. I've always taken that oath. Wow. And for me to that's what I stood there on and and I recognize it as a domestic problem because what are we doing turning against each other? We don't grow humanity in in the United States doesn't grow if we turn against each other. It only makes more animosity and more pain. And so, you know, being able to vocal that to them, you know, the one gentleman that was kind of the aggressor, you know, he he turned to me and says, you know, you need to tell the police that, 
you know, you need to tell the police to calm down and mm-hmm. not cause, you know, the, the chaos. And boy, that really, that really lit a fuse underneath my backside because standing there as a black man, I can completely understand what's going on. Yeah. You know, and, and I felt his pain, you know, and I still feel his pain and I completely understand the pain. And, um, it was a very controversial spot for me to be because I don't want to say that I understand. I understand the pain. Right. And, and, and I don't want anybody to get the message mixed up because there are appropriate ways to do these things, you know, and, and, and to cause further destruction, you know, there are a lot of people out there that don't get intertwined interracially. Right. You know, and so cameras on news crews down there. And, and what do they see? They see a particular, you know, ethnicity or they see a particular face causing this destruction. And then the question arises to them. Well, how are we going to fix these problems if they're the ones down there causing the mess? Yeah. So the message gets mixed up, you know, and so that I was feeling that as well, you know, trying to understand the situation. And I just was trying to talk him down thinking, Hey man, we can't do this. I mean, there's been generations and generations and generations to try to fix this. You know, we can't go backwards. Right. And, and, and that was pretty much my stance on the matter. Yeah. Did you, I mean, like you said, you understood when that guy said, well, Mm. tell the cops this, right? And for you, you know, again, being a black man, um, you understand that, that phrase more than I do. Sure. Sure. For sure. And, uh, cause I, you know, what I see, I mean, I, I, I see what I see on television, mm-hmm. you know, obviously what happened in Minnesota with George Floyd sure. was a really tragic thing to sure. watch. And I mean, I would imagine most people would feel bad. I mean, I feel horrible, horrible about that. Right. But again, I, I, again, I've never, I've never had, I've never faced racism hmm. like that. I've never felt, you know, uh, shunned from society because of the color of my skin. I don't know what that, I, I really don't know what that's like. You so, might have in, in, in an inadvertent way. Maybe. There might have, you know, you could have been turned away because of the amount of income. You could have been bracketed based on something or True. financial or credit or, yeah. you know, that's, I can't really say that's racism, but it's a, it's, it's an identifier yeah. that'll separate you from maybe a class yeah. above you. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I've never faced hatred like that is the way I look. Because you said something really powerful, too, hmm. uh, when you were there. You said, this isn't the answer. Right. And then when you were interviewed after, they were, you were asked, what is the answer? And, and what was your response to that? <laughs> it's it's the same answer through and through. And I try to teach my kids this growing up. It's just simply about love. Yeah. I mean, love. I mean, we were talking about it a little bit before on, on mic here. And um mm-hmm. You know, the, the point of masculinity in the man, you know, yeah. is that we, uh, <laughs> it's a position of a, you know, we yeah. try to brandish this position of authority, but, you know, we, we are the examples of being able to be compassionate and loving towards each other. Yeah. And, and we're losing that in society right now. We're losing those identities that are able to take a stand and still administer love without losing the integrity of self. Mm. And I love that. we need to, we need to embrace that as much as we can. 
and I and, and I'm, I couldn't be more blessed right now. I couldn't be more thankful that I, I've been looked at for that, you know. And yeah, and the right answer is love, you know. And um, all all this stuff aside, you know, those kids that really causes mess downtown. I even said this, <clears throat> excuse me, before that I would just give the chance. I would I would push all this attention aside. I would push the news broadcast. I would. I'd push all this aside if if this young man that I was faced or the two young men with the mob, I would be I would push it all aside to go up to him, give him a hug, and just tell him, man, where do we start? Wow. You know, and and I, literally, wow. and and with with the face of that, I I would r- literally push all this aside just for that moment. You know, so the beauty of this cultivating is that now I get to spread that message to hopefully more people that yeah. can, that can hear that. Yeah. And I really do hope by casting out this net of love, I hope it catches him one day and it caught him too. It caught him there on that moment Yeah, because he, he listened to me and he, and he turned around and he, and he changed his view, you know, and that's just to go to show you how powerful love can be, you know, and just, I'm trying to understand somebody in, in the most violent situation. Yeah. Boy, what a, what a poignant moment. Right. Right. And, and it works. Yeah. You know, so if, it, while I sit here and, and say, you know, you, it, don't be timid to love, stand on your ground because it, it's going to be received. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what, that's what the man upstairs wants. You know, he wants us to, yeah. to embrace that and he wants us to yeah. love and, 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 be able to face wow situations that's amazing you know i love what you said there very well said um you know something that really hit me hard you know obviously social media has been blowing up and and there's all different and a lot of people are showing a lot of love right right from all type from every race sure everyone sure and there was this picture of this cute uh you know black little Mm -hmm. girl Mm -hmm. and she's holding this sign sure and I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it memorized, but it basically said, it said basically, you know, when we say black lives matter, we understand that all lives matter, sure. but we just need your help right, right. now. Right. And boy, I, I got to tell you, Kenny, right. that hit me so hard. I'm like, right. there, that's what that, that's what this is all about. Sure. Is that, hey, we're not saying that we're, we need you know, we're, we're something special or right. that enable. We right. don't need to be enabled. Right. We just, hey guys, we're, we're suffering here. Sure. And it's about time that you guys notice this. And this is what we're saying that we, yeah. we're, we're, we're part of this too. But right, right now we need to focus on that we matter. You know. That really hit me hard. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's a that's a really good one because man, there's some moving moment, moments when uh, mm-hmm. this stuff kind of happens and we all get to learn from it, definitely. Um. <clears throat> You know, Dr. Martin Luther King had said at one point in time, you know, that in your journey to try to show the oppressor, and I'm going to also paraphrase because this isn't exact, that while we are working towards civil rights, we are not just doing it for ourselves. We are doing it for them too. Wow. So powerful. Hearing... The fact that a black life matters is also advocating 
other lives matter too. Hmm. Because how much, how much can we relate to each other? How much, how much can the similarities to say a black life being diminished versus a woman's rights being diminished, you know, like, yeah. How, how, I mean, we could find similarities in that. They may not be exactly the same, right. you know, the scenarios aren't the same and people are thinking, well, Kenny, those things are completely opposite and which I'm probably sure they are. But, you know, I could probably sit down with a woman that has been, you know, suppressed or not treated equally because of yeah. her being a woman or whatever the case may be. And we would find some similarities, her and I, in regards to both of us. Right. In a scenario. Right. Yeah. And we could have a common conversation about that. And there would be no such thing as race. It would simply be a gender, maybe race mm. and, and those type of things. So when you have these other scenarios that are happening out there because they happen, it's just not happened to black lives. You know, it's, it's, it's happening to all lives. Yeah. And that is a hundred percent right. What's happening right now in society, and I just think it's very important for the listeners to know that what's happening right now is that, you know, just like any other rights that are out there, you know, black lives are just standing up or we're uniting. And Malcolm X even said that as well. There's going to be a time that the black man is going to unite over every situation. And, and, and that's not yeah. a bad thing. Right. We're not here to, you know, say you know, my rights are more important. We just want the same equality. The same. Yeah. You know, and to be equal. Right. And with this push that we're doing, gosh, man, it's going to help everybody else out. Yeah. Because the education, the, the knowledge, the, the understanding and and everything that goes along with it, these lessons that are being taught Mm -hmm. teaches everybody. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at me just what I've learned in the last couple of weeks, just, you know, thinking I knew a lot, you know, uh, no, uh, there's a lot I need to learn. Sure. And I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Kenny, that this is, I think this is happening for us. Mm-hmm. I really do overall. Because sure. like you said, we all need to learn these lessons. Absolutely. And at the end, hopefully we come out ahead and like, and, and then there is more equality. And, right. And and maybe it never goes away permanently. Unfortunately, sure. I hate to even say that, but but as I, I would imagine what we want is we want Let's see some forward progress in, in in large chunks. Absolutely. And let's make some. Let's do some things here that are going to really start making a difference. Absolutely. And that's beautiful. You know, um, and I, I can't, I can't agree with you more. When it, and it's so simple when you say, well, it just comes down to love, Todd. At <laughs> the end of the so, day, it is so simple. But it's it, it really is that simple. It is. Is I want to make sure not only do I say that I love everybody, right. I have to prove it with my actions. Absolutely. You know? Don't be afraid to look me in my face when you see me in public. Right. You know, say, hey. Right. You'll be surprised. I mean, <laughs> listen to the conversation you and I are having, you know? I mean, yeah. you'd be surprised. I mean, if, if you was to ever be timid in that situation, say hello. Yeah. Ask me where I'm from. Ask me what I do for a living, yeah. you know? I mean, I know politics. Yeah. I know me some good sports too. Sure. <laughs> you know? I could talk a game up yeah. sun up and sun down, you know, and you'd be surprised. Yeah. Well, you're, we're, we're all the same. Absolutely. Really. I mean, you're, we were just talking about how you're a grandfather and so yeah, am I, and, right. you know, and you know, we have that in common, you know, sure. we can, we can sit here and talk about our grandchildren yeah. here and, 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 and connect that way. Absolutely. And, and that kind of thing. And, and, 
you know what's what what's amazing to me too is if I if we listen if we go back in your story when you mm. were being raised, go back to that snowball with mm. the rock in it. Absolutely. And how your parents actually handled it, like. Mm. We're not going to blow this up. We'll figure mm-hmm. out what we need to do, but we're not going to make this. Let's go, you know, sue the school right. and whatever. And I think they taught you a very powerful lesson that hey, some some bad things are going to happen absolutely in your life absolutely. And unfortunately, because of the color of your skin, absolutely. But yet, we're going to teach you, like you keep saying, I'm, you know, you need to love everyone, Kenny, and right. just how your parents raised. I right. mean, they just right, right, it's right. interesting how. That's translated to this event that happened in front of that 7-Eleven. It is wild. It is wild. Wow. But there's... It blows my mind. We all have that journey, you know, and we can dig our face in a book, you know, we can we can sit here and read the Bible, we can mm-hmm. we can write, read inspirational books, and we can go all those different things, but when do, when do you actually, you know, we're, we're trying to journey to fly, you know, we're trying to... Yeah. We're trying to experience the most heightened things in life. You know, we right. want to fly and see that bird's eye perspective of, of life. When is it that you finally challenge yourself to to launch yourself off that branch and fly? Yeah. You know, and, and you can only be taught so many things until you actually put it into practice. There's got to be the practical part about it. You know, you got to, yeah. you know, it. it communicating and talking and, 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 and all the things that I've learned in the military, you know, being a weapons firearms instructor and stuff like that. I wasn't the most awesome shot. Right. When I first shot my first rifle or my first pistol or, you know, I, I grew up with the swimming pool and I thought I was a pretty dang good swimmer until I actually went into the military and found out I wasn't the greatest <laughs> swimmer ever. Right. You know, so then I had yeah. to kind of work on those things. Sure, you know? yeah. There, there just needs to come a time and you know it, it is scary to love it really is scary to love you know because a lot of people like we were talking earlier it it, it diminishes the 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 sense of masculinity but i think that's the mm. the pinnacle yeah of masculinity once you're able to truly love and and express that and look somebody in their eyes and communicate love you know that's you know without losing any integrity or losing any face or anything in that that's the, the most beautiful thing that any human being can do. And we have to take control of that because, yeah. you know, w- when we're looking in a world, when we went back to a harsh society, why would we ever as humans, as compassionate as we are, why would we ever want to be dictated by the cruelness and the coldness of society when we are so beautiful inside and we're, right. we're, we're such you know, compelling individuals and, and we're allowing, you know, television, social media and all these things to dictate our emotions. Yeah. We got to stop that. Yeah. Wow. Very well said. That's powerful. Yeah. I'm going to quote you <laughs> um, when I was watching that interview. <laughs> <laughs> you said this, um, if we love each other, if we love each other, it's the only natural thing to do. Yeah. I mean, just to capitalize what I had just said there. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean. When we, when you come into this world, you know, what else is there? I, that's all you have. You're just, yeah. you're just this cute little bundle of joy, man. Yeah. You know. Well, and that's what it reminded me when, when I, when I heard you say that. It reminded me when we're kids, what do we do? We love everything, everything everybody. Right. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we really don't see color. We're no. just like, this is my friend. Yeah. 
hey, we're friends. Right. I love this guy. Right. I love this girl. Right. You know, and we did it so well as kids, but then what we do as we get older, we start buying into the cultural sure. stuff and the yeah. stuff that's happening. And unfortunately, that's world. part of our lives, right. unfortunately. But but I love your message, Kenny. Mm. Um, love is the Thank answer. You, and I know Absolutely. it sounds, ugh, but it's amazing when we actually try to do it. And like that moment you had with that guy mm. during the heat of the moment. Mm. You know, even that connection you had. He felt it. He felt it. You I felt it. I can stand it. here on my two feet. I know he did. Yeah. Because he threw his arms up and he said, you need to tell the police that too. You know, yeah. to him to be able to reciprocate the communication. Yeah. That to me alone told me that he heard what I was saying to him. Absolutely. And so yeah. he was touched at that moment by love and he came, you know, luckily to his senses and, and he turned around, you know, yeah. and imagine if... Imagine if, you know, going to this whole spark of the incident, imagine if we could teach authority that. Right. What if we could bottle that up and just hand it to authority? I'm not saying that they don't get taught that, but, you know, you said it a little bit earlier, how society scorns us and, and it mm-hmm. and it brazes us and it and it makes us into different people as we grow. That's a fact, sir, with, with yeah. law enforcement. That's a fact with any profession. We, you know, we, we could go to a, a fast food spot and imagine, you know, the cashier dealing with, you know, unnecessary customers and yeah. the backlash of that. And then yeah. you come along, Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky, ready to <laughs> be served this fantastic food, you know. And right. You're yeah. looking for the best experience. And the cashier doesn't necessarily give you the best experience because they've been worn down been by worn down. the yeah. unnecessary experiences. So if... Somebody that is a cashier at a, a at a very small establishment, or maybe just even a big establishment, whatever it may may be, how is a professional worn down? Because it happens the same way. Absolutely. So they lose the attribute, even though they come into the position of authority with the compelling fact that they want to love, but they get worn down. Yeah. And I've been having these discussions for the last week. You know, how do we? how do we recharge those people, you know, and how do yeah. we, how do we, how do we soften the PTSD and how do we soften the, you know, the impact? So these gentlemen and women that are serving our public and, and, and saving us in some situations, yeah. how do we, how do we keep them ready in the heart? We talk yeah. about keeping them ready at the weapon and, and, you know, I could sit here and teach you a few moves myself, you know, and the right. countless amount of hours that I've been trained, but how do we train love? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, how do we how do we teach that individual to always step forward with that passionate situation? Because I didn't have a gun that day. I didn't have a bulletproof vest. Yeah. Now I'm not comparing myself to the authority, but I stood there on my own accord, and 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 I stood there with with the courage that was invested in me. Yeah. With my morals, and I stood there with a message. And luckily, to, to, to my dismay of how this thing could have panned out, you know, I, I, I'm able to sit here and talk to you about it today. Yeah. And I think there's a very strong positioning when it comes to an individual stature. And if you can present that stature in front of somebody. Right. The respect is earned. Yeah. And once the respect is earned, then you can just bring in the kindness of your heart. Exactly. 
Well, that's what I felt when I saw what you did. I mean, sure. I, I had the utmost respect for mm. what you did and stood Thank in you, front sir. of that crowd. Um, I wish I could say I was down there doing that with you. Um, but you then, are now, though. Yeah. And that's why I have you on because yes, I want to, I do want to share your message because it's powerful and we need to hear it. Um, and, and, and I've got a one, uh, a, just a couple more questions. Absolutely, I know our time's please. running out, but, uh, you know, what can like someone like me or uh, like even the white community, mm-hmm. what can we do better? Do you think is, is there something that, I mean, and I, obviously the answer is love and I get that, right, 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 but there's, right. is there something that you could suggest that would help us maybe understand a little bit more of, you know, what, what you guys at times go through and that's the million dollar question. It's a big one. I know it's a pretty, it's a pretty, um, interesting question because you can't read, you can't read the amount of books, you know, I mean, if, if I go back to my athletic days, you know, when I used to play basketball, you know, it's, you can learn a move. But you don't learn a move until it's in, in, in practice and until yeah. you're actually doing it. And, you know, I mentioned this bef- before. It's just not it's just not the white community that's learning. You know, I can't say it's a good thing or it's a bad thing because there's okay. there's good and bad everywhere. Sure. You know, so I can't really place that label on the entire white community. Because right. that, that sure. would That would just be that would be intense. You no. Know? Yeah. I think if there's an individual out there that's that's listening to me today and. And it has a, a complicated part in their heart where they may not see the equality come across. Just understand that, you know, we are family too. Understand that I am an American too. Yeah. And understand that I believe in the same things that you do and the longevity of life. And yeah. I love my wife. I love my kids. Yeah. I love my home. I power spray my windows to make sure they're clean. <laughs> sure. I sweep my front doorsteps to make sure those things are taken care of and squared away. I wash my cars. I make sure they have, you know, the smell good trees in there. And I am a normal person just like you. Yeah. And there is no difference in the quality of life that I am expecting from my children yeah. and from my grandchildren. So if, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's any type of message, what, any person needs to hear is just understand that we are the same. Wow. There are a few bad apples that are out there and please don't let that change how you view us that are out there doing the normal things that is required of our communities to be stand up role model citizens and, you know, um, pay our taxes and, and earn a, a profitable income so we can, earn a, you know, a loaf of bread and peanut butter and jelly for our kids, you know, and right. we're, we're all seeking the same thing here. Yeah. We're all concerned about the coronavirus and, you know, and, and other things like that. We're just not lingering around in the corners thinking about the next grocery store we can loot. Right. You know, so yeah. it, we're out there and just understand that, you know, yeah. just because we may look different or sound different or we might be excited about something doesn't change who we are yeah. in, in society. So, yeah, we're yeah. normal. We're normal. <laughs> Very well said. I couldn't say it any better. And thank you for sharing those your thoughts on that. Um, I wish I could spend another hour with you, Kenny. Honestly, there's so much we could talk about, and we're gonna have more time. Together. We'll have some more time for yes, sure. Sir. I uh, 
I want you to know there's much love and respect from my side towards you. As well. And uh, <clears throat> I really respect what you did because that was Thank a you. very, could have been a very, probably was, very dangerous thing in that moment to do what you did. But you spoke your truth. Yeah. And look at all the good that's coming out of it. So Absolutely. that just reminds me, man, stand up for what you believe. Every time. And then, like you said, the answer is love. Yeah. There's don't, love. Don't ever veer from that. If you believe in something dear to your heart, mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. And do the right thing and, and promote that. And I will promise you, <clears throat> excuse me, as if this situation, I stood for one thing and and everybody that has come out of the woodwork to support me on that is the most beautiful thing i've ever fe felt in my entire life wow so believe in yourself believe the right thing and and advocate that and yeah wow. love one another oh that's powerful well if for the audience that's listening to this if they wanted to reach out to you and ask you a question or yeah absolutely get more perspective on something yep um, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, I'm 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 super uh, old school. I, I got the <laughs> I got the the open door policy right. I was that way in the military when my young troops sure. would come into the office and give me a buzz. But unfortunately, this has been a pretty hectic week, so I can't really put my cell phone out there for you know right. immediate uh, phone calls because it has been a wild ride yeah. in this last week and a half. So um, I do have a Twitter. It's uh, my handle is Kenny Acres. That's K E N E. A-K-E-R-S, and that's the same for Instagram. And there is also room on that to be emailed. So if you'd like to contact me on there, I do my best to try to be very intimate and respond to people. And, okay. you know, if you feel compelled, you know, friend me on, on Facebook. I'm, I'm pretty much uh, good with that. I've got an alarming amount of new friends. I'm sure you do. Weekend, so yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. Well, thank you again for for what you did and standing yes, up for what is right. And yes, I love your message because I agree with Thank it. And I think if we can all just be on board with that, it's again, it's not difficult. No, let's just start loving and continue to, you know, from my perspective, I need to listen more. I need to be willing to learn. Yes. And you know, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, I'm learning and I'm going, right, wow, okay, right, I didn't right, think right, of it right, that way. Right. And so thank you for sharing your perspective yes, and, sir. and being vulnerable mm. and open with your story. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. I really appreciate your time today. You're doing a beautiful thing and I've listened to your podcast, you know, and oh. I got got a little re, you know, information prior oh, to and you. stuff and you're doing a real good thing and that's that's exactly what we need out there. Wow. Well, exactly I appreciate what we need. that. That means yes, a lot, sir. Kenny. Yes, sir. Well, there you go, folks. There's Kenny Akers. Thank you so much. So wonderful. Um, I'm inspired. Hopefully, you know, you guys are inspired too. And if anything, let's stand up and make a difference. And, and let's go show some love today. You know, and like he, like he said, if you, if you see Kenny on the street or anyone who is a, 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 of a different ethnicity of you, say hello. Say hi. Ask them about their family. And you might be surprised which what what you get back, yeah. and I, I love that. It's yeah. like let's let's get out of our comfort zone a little right, bit, right, right, right. You know, and and I think let's all stand up for equality. Um, and I just I don't know, I just love your approach and and your vulnerability. And so, thank you, folks. Please share this with everyone you know. And again, thank you for your love and support. I know um, that that love truly is the answer. And I want to say I love all of you for listening to this. I hope you know that. And until next time. Thank you.